It's the next level. Hey, my name is Ross Marquand and I play Red Skull. You are listening to Panels to Pixels podcast. Check it out. You're a good kid, Eugene. You're a good Christian. I don't really know what that means anymore. But you are. You put your faith in your preacher and your preacher let you down. Christ. Your own preacher sent you to hell. Eugene, I don't know if you could ever forgive me. I just want you to know that Panels to Pixels, Preacher Season 4, Episode 5. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. I'm Mark. And I'm Steve. And Steve... This was an interesting episode, nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of stuff going on in this episode, and I think this is the last time I'm going to send this out. I'm just tired of saying it, and I'm tired of, of typing it. So, just a reminder that this is a spoilerful podcast of, of uh, episode 5, season 4, Bleak City, of the TV show Preacher. So, if you haven't watched it yet, uh, what are you doing here? <laughs> exactly. Jeez. So, you know, I think I'm just going to quit putting that in there and just, you know, you should know already. And if you didn't know, you should anyway. anyway yeah, so, hump or do, everybody. Hump or do. Exactly. So in, in Bleak City, we get to, we get a lot of reunions in this one. We get a reunion between Cassidy and Tulip as they, they both have escaped uh, from Masada separately. Jesse's reunited with Eugene as he and the Saint catch up to him. And uh, there's some there's some more confusing things, and we may or may not get into this and uh, about Humperdu and Jesus. Uh, so we'll see. We may or may not get into it. I'm I was just starting to rewatch Dirty Little Secret uh, from season two, which is the episode where we're introduced to the the Messiah and the Christ Child and all that. And I didn't get a chance to watch all of it, so I still don't have my thoughts clear on this whole. Jesus and Humperdew thing. <laughs> uh, Featherstone throws herself at the mercy of the Allfather for all the mistakes she's been making. And the angel has a reunion with a lover. And finally, we are left with a cliffhanger as Eugene and the saint are standing over a bleeding Jesse who has just been shot by Eugene in a police car. Dun, dun, dun. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that ending. Woof. All right. Well, uh, we could talk a lot about this episode in our top fives. Absolutely. Why don't you start? Sure. Jackson. You don't stutter. 
my number five would be that opening scene with Jesse just getting to Australia, trying to rent the car and using his power of suggestion with the clerk Jackson to rid him, you know, rid Jackson of his stuttering, but also manipulating just so he could get a car. But the best part of that introduction was Eugene seeing Jesse telling him to go just after Jesse gets the car and is driving away. But, you know, because the Saint of Killers was right there, right behind Eugene. And you could see the fear in Eugene's face. Yeah, part of this was mine, uh, my number five as well. So I can kind of piggyback on on what what you're saying. And I kind of like the fact that they didn't show us what happened in that tourist agency there at the beginning you know all we see is all these bloody bodies we see the saint sitting in a chair we hear the crows you know and then we uh see eugene as he's praying for the victims of this and he's like okay so now we just wait for jesse to use his power again and then you know it cuts to jesse in the car rental agency and he's insisting that he's not going to use the power because and it's it's really self-aware it's very self-aware of jesse to realize that some people are getting hurt because of his power. We saw the kid's dog got killed, and then the kid got killed. We've seen other things that, that just go wrong. We saw the, what happened with the captain, the pilot, and all this. So it's very, it's very interesting. It's very self-aware of him to realize that the use of his power, he's got to be careful with it, not just in the fact that the saint can track him, but then as he walks out, he does tell the guy to stop stuttering. And this is one of those things that I, I we discussed it a little bit in the last episode with the death of the pilot, that I guess it would depend on where this man's stuttering came from. Like whether it was a mental block or whether it was some sort of actual physical... I, I don't know. And that's... So I, I don't know a lot about the an actual... I knew I worked with a guy who stuttered, and he explained that it was something about the connection of his brain to his vocal cords. It wasn't; it was an actual physiological thing that that he had of expressing himself. And so, I I don't know if it's something if it's you know I don't know if it's something that that Jesse would be able to fix unless it was a simple mental thing. I don't know. Yeah, they always say it. It uh, from what I've heard, it's usually like a mental situation that your mind is too fast for your body to comprehend and get those muscles to work in coordination of what you're thinking. So I, I honestly, I don't know. I'm I might be talking out of my butt for all that, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I, like I said, I, I've only known. I knew the one guy who I worked with, and that was about. Gosh, I want to say now. So it was 90, would have been 93, 94. So we're talking, you know, 20, 20 some years ago that I worked with this guy who who had a stutter. And I'm pretty sure, anyway. And then I knew I, knew I had a, an old pastor who had a stroke. And he had to relearn how to talk. And so he, he didn't really stutter. He just had very slow speech because he had to really make sure to put his words together to be very succinct. So I don't know. It just, it, it was interesting to me that they kind of threw that in. And I wonder, you know, we're probably never going to see this guy again. Cause I think the saint killed him. And so, um, <laughs> well, it's not his tongue that we saw at the very beginning of the show. No, so. So. <laughs> that was uh, a real gnarly look. Sorry, everybody. But that was, I was like, what is that a tongue? <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So what's your number four? 
Uh, my number four, that would be uh, the Archangel and his lady friend, a demon apparently, and the lovemaking slash killing of one another over and over again. It, it showed a kind of love-hate relationship. It, it was really interesting to see the devastation within the scene as Cassidy left with Tulip, especially that song from the White Stripes. I believe it was. And then all those bodies as they were just reincarnated reincarnated over and over again as they're killing each other. But, you know, it was weird how they they get finished. You hear the lovemaking upstairs and Cassidy's like, oh, oh. And then even the bartender and you're hearing all the loud noises. And then out of the blue, the archangel just throws his sword right into her head and then out of the heavens, she just shots back down as another body in another body, and it's over and over again. I guess it's that duality of of love hate of good and evil. Uh, they are kismet in some way, and they are connected, but they are in love with each other, but find it hard to coexist. I, I I'm just trying to find or grasp this. For some sort of meeting out of this, I don't know if you could help me with it, but I don't know. Yeah, I this is actually was my number two, and I'm kind of going to change things up a little bit so that I can go, so we can come back to it, so that because I'll go, I'll make it my number four, because as soon as it was really kind of cool, because as soon as the angel said, as soon as he started talking about a forbidden love, you know, we think he's talking about Cassidy and Tulip, but really what he's talking about is I knew I suddenly realized, oh, this guy's the woman he's calling is a demon. And then they, we, we've got that, that queen song playing as they, they dance. And the first thought that I had though, even before the queen song started was, I wonder if these two could be the parents of Genesis. Because remember, we know from way back in season one, that Genesis was the birth of a child from an angel and a demon, a demon, a demon, a demon uh, mating, you know? So, and this is the first time now, maybe it's, maybe it's just a common occurrence that angels and demons do this, but it, it seems kind of uh, interesting that the story would, would put these two in there for us. And then we know, like I said, if you go back to season one, that's how Genesis was produced. And, you know, I absolutely love that the, they got this queen song playing as they dance. And it wasn't until the third viewing that I saw her tail come out from <laughs> underneath her as his wings came out. And yeah. so I and I'm not sure there that fight was epic. And I, I would agree with you. I don't know what we're supposed to take from it. Are we supposed to take from it that that he recognized that she was an enemy and even though, because he does say, you know, Cassie says, well, you love her. And he says, I do love her. She's a demon. And then, then we have this epic battle going on. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I wish I could help you. I don't know what we're supposed to take from this. That is it something that, are we supposed to take something from it? You know, cause I don't know if we're ever going to even see these characters again, again. Yeah. you know, unless we come back to, I mean, obviously we're, we may, I'm sure at some point we're going to come back to Masada. So it's possible that this angel and demon could come back into the the picture at some point. They only have, what is it? I think it's, is it 13 episodes? I'm not sure. I know I looked it up last, last podcast. I think it's 13 episodes. So they've got a few episodes they can play with in there that maybe we could kind of explore this relationship and see where it goes. 
Yeah, exactly. Especially since the way that the that Archangel looked at Jesus as Jesus was playing the video game. He gave him this passing look, and Jesus even looked at him too, kind of, huh? Yeah, they had a, there was a moment. There was a moment of some kind of exchange, and I really thought they were going to say something to each other, yeah. and then they didn't. So that was a little that that was I'm with you. That was a little interesting as as well that that we didn't and even like the third time watching it, I was like, hmm, didn't you know? Shouldn't they they exchange some sort of pleasantry here, or yeah, know. you know, recognize who he is? I don't know. So. Uh, okay, so that was my number four as well. Okay. So where do we go? My number three? Your number three. That would be it. Uh, Jesus and his conversations with Tulip. Uh, getting high in the car, you know, smoking weed. His visions of the bank heist and his vision of killing, well, not killing that person, but wounding that person in the leg in that dream. And then in him just completely backing out, showing that this version of Jesus is really good and can be, he can't really be in that situation. It was like he was innocent, even though he kept stating that Humperdue was God's favorite and was, quote unquote, the truly innocent and was sheltered. And I think he needed it to to get out to see the world and that's why he followed Tulip because I think he didn't realize himself how sheltered he was and then he finds himself going back to Masada and dealing with Hitler and the All-Father and everything yeah that's another one of those things that I <laughs> I did have I had as my number one was the whole misdirect from the preview from, from last week where we see that bank heist mm-hmm. in the preview and we we think that that's Jesus making that statement about blood on the walls or whatever, and we find out in this episode, obviously, that in the edit, he's just repeating what Tulip had already said, but still the whole thing was just like a daydream or a vision or them talking about what would happen, and you see him have that realization when he does shoot that person, and we don't know, I don't know if we know exactly did he if he wounded, you know, obviously it was a dream so or a vision or whatever yeah uh, so but that's what kind of shocks him back to sort of reality and yeah. realizing that and there's a line that he says that I, I didn't put it in the notes but i thought was really interesting when he talks about this summit with hitler and he says it's the first time they've asked me to do something in 2000 years so <laughs> he he feels he kind of owes them for it even though he's been kept basically as a prisoner this entire this entire time, so that's uh, that's interesting, yeah, as well. Yeah, he was sheltered if you think about it for two thousand years. He's starting to he sees a car for the first time. He's playing video games. He's seeing the world. He's never even saw a bar in this case. So <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how much he knows of the outside world and how much he doesn't. But you're right. I mean, there's there's definitely some things that he doesn't know about because he's really shocked at the things that. But then he kind of turns it on Tulip a little bit in the car when he goes, well, you can't just go around toking dope and, and shooting people. You know, he kind of he kind of reverts back to that holier than thou kind of attitude that he's probably been getting from other people. Yeah. And she just wants him to admit that his father's an a-hole. And, <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, that brings us to my number three. Yes. 
so this is this is interesting because I Cassidy, you know, he wants to make things right with Jesse and Tulip wants to take Jesus to Vegas and and like you talked about them smoking the pot in the car as they wait for Cassidy, but ultimately they all end up doing the very thing that they they said they weren't going to do. You know, Tulip says she's not going to go help Jesse. Cassidy kind of says he's made up his mind. You're right. I have my free will. I can do whatever I want. And then there at the end, Jesus goes back to Masada, which he didn't want to do. And Tulip and Cassidy are off on their adventure to try to get to Australia from the east, from uh, there in Saudi Arabia or wherever they are in mm. Masada. And they're talking about sharks. I, was, I chuckled when they talked about the whole sharks thing because of what happened with the pilot. Yes, definitely. <laughs> that is funny, though. <laughs> uh, there's so much going on. Exactly, exactly. That would lead me to my number two. Yes. Which would be Jesse and Eugene and Jesse's apology to Eugene. Mm-hmm. But then out of the blue, Eugene hands Jesse to the scene of Killers. What? <laughs> well, uh, after he shot him, yeah, yeah, you know, he shoots him. It's it's in it's, the back. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things. And I had something in my notes earlier about this, or later about this. Is that did do the do the police in Australia do they carry guns? Because I thought it. it was like Great Britain or the UK, their whole gun laws thing that their cops don't carry guns. That's in Great Britain, but I'm not sure if that applies to Australia. But I know that Australia's got some really strict gun laws because everybody makes the big deal about, I don't want to get political here, but that's what people make a big deal. Of. Well, it works in Australia. Anyway. Huh. Yeah. You know, and that it goes back to that conversation that Eugene and the Saint had all the way back in episode two or whatever it was where they were in the diner there. And Eugene says, well, what if he apologizes? And the saint says, an apology is not enough. And that's what we see here yeah. with Eugene is he says, you apologized, but that's not enough. Yep. And so he's realized that it's not enough. So he shoots him in the back and then leads him or let, leaves, they're laying there at the end uh, with the saint to killer standing over them. So Yeah, that, yeah, well, definitely we were already foretold in the last episode, apparently, so... Yeah, um, so that leads us to my number two. Yes. This is, I really liked the the short little clip we get of Tulip and Cassidy kind of catching up as he tells her about the vampire cult and says, you know, uh, turned all his followers, which actually he didn't, he turned the one grandmother or the mother, and then she turned all the other followers, but that's okay. And Tulip has told him about the attack on the on the bus, and then I love that when she punches him after he he admits that that uh, that he told Jesse that that they had had sex because you know she asks him she goes did you tell him that we slept together and he kind of shakes his head and kind of mm, doesn't really say anything and then she says did you tell him we had sex and he kind of just doesn't really answer and she's like no I won't be mad just tell me the truth and then he just says that really quick yes. And she punches him. <laughs> and so I really like that this we get this quick scene of them kind of relating to each other. Because I when you realize they really haven't had a lot of time to talk since since they since he left the ranch, Jesse's where Jesse and Tulip were with his grandmama. So yeah. they really they haven't seen each other because remember because cassidy went back went to the cult and he was in that that cult house when when the what do they call themselves 
It's just totally escaping me right now. Same here. The bad guys. That's crazy <laughs> that we uh, – anyway, they, they when they destroyed the house and stuff. So Masada. Mas- yeah, well, that's their that's their base of operations is Masada, but I can't remember now what they call themselves. That's Templar, crazy. Templar, the Knights. No, it's something. It'll come. Uh, it'll come to one of uh, us here eventually. But no, it'll. <laughs> I'm sure. Hopefully, we'll get some feedback and somebody will tell us. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, it wasn't the order. It was something like that, though. Yeah. They had some crazy name. The the I don't know the Lincoln. I don't know. Anyway, so the people. It's, the what? <laughs> the people. The people. Yeah. So it's just interesting that we have this whole this whole issue of them catching like I said, them catching up and then we don't really get any more resolution of it. We do see one that one quick shot of her looking at the letter again, which I still suspect I want to know what Jesse actually wrote in that letter. If what she what we heard her read last episode is actually what he wrote. The whole thing mm-hmm. about him being mad because I just can't I can't fathom that. So I'm I'm interested to see or if maybe she when she turned it over I couldn't tell if it was still sealed or not. So maybe what she thought last episode was just her projecting what she thinks is on, I don't know. It's uh, I'm sure I'm sure at some point we're going to see this letter again because it's now come up you know two two times. Yeah, and that would be bring me to my number one. Yes. Which I'm a little bit confused about because I still think that Cassidy did not tell Jesse he was with Tulip. I don't remember it, or maybe I just I'm not remembering it. Completely. Yeah, no, he did when they were when they were in in Masada and they were about to leave. He tells Jesse that he they shagged. I think is how he put it, and that's why oh, he and Jesse have that okay. big fight there, and then. When she asks Jesse, he he says no. He doesn't admit because he doesn't want to admit that Cassidy even brought her up during mm. the escape. So so Jesse has lied to Tulip All right, about the conversation <laughs> they had. That's yeah, it, it is a little bit confusing, but I, I think I think that's the, the way it went is that she asked him if Cassidy asked about her. Or, or asked anything about her, and he said no. And okay. so he didn't tell her that he knew, but then he leaves her that letter. And so that's how she knew that that he knew. <laughs> and she the knew only that way, he knew that he yeah. told her that you, Yeah, <laughs> I know. Only, and the only way he can know is that is if Cassidy told him. Oh, okay. So, so that's yeah. that's where we get this whole circular uh, kind of thing going on, which is funny too. Because honestly, if Tulip is understanding and just slugs Cass, and that's it, I think Jesse would be fine with it in the end. Yeah, nonetheless, th- that's why I'm confused, and I really want to know what's actually in this letter. I really, I really want to know how Jesse actually does feel about this situation, and whether we're going to get it resolved. Because I really, I really want them to be together. Yeah. You know, even though we know in from that whole three months earlier thing or three months, whatever, at the very first episode, we know that at some point she and Cassidy are going to be together. So maybe, maybe it is all, maybe Jesse is completely over. Uh, okay. So that brings us to my number one. Yeah. And I'm going to drop down to my notes because we've already discussed my number one. 
I really liked the whole, when Jesse's at the stop sign and he pulls forward and that truck almost hits him. And I, as I watched it today, I realized that he, he goes to the stop sign and he does the American thing. He looks left, right, and then left again to see if anybody's coming. <laughs> and then he pulls out. But he didn't realize that when you're in a country where they drive on the left, you need to look right, left, and then right again to make sure nobody's coming. And yeah. that's that's what happened in this case. And so I really thought that was that was funny because it's very you can very obviously see his eyes and his head kind of move as he looks and does the totally American look at the stop sign at the two way uh, stop sign there and then almost gets hit by the truck. Luckily, though, because they drive on the left, he didn't get hit. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so any other notes? Uh, I just had one. And that would be Jesse's getaway with Eugene from the Saint of Killers was pretty funny. That was a nice setup with a wrecking ball. The only thing missing was Miley Cyrus singing as it hit the Saint of Killers, um, coming in like a wrecking ball. Yeah. But that would have been funny. But you know, they you would think they would throw that in. There. I guess it's a rights thing. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure. I'm copyright sure. thing. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that that was that was really good, and that was his way. And again, that's one of those things that you go back to and you ask that I guess it just wasn't enough for Eugene. Eugene thought it was going to be enough, but it wasn't. He he asks him why he didn't come after him. And Jesse's like, I didn't know I could. And so it's one of those things where you almost want Jesse to look at him and go, you got out though. Yeah. You know, you got out of hell and now you're here. And so, yeah, um, I had a couple other notes here that we haven't mentioned. And it's uh, when he turns on the radio in the car, we hear that very quick mention of the fact that the prime minister is missing or the deputy yeah. prime minister is missing. And the, I, I, I noticed it the first time I watched the episode, but I didn't, uh, I didn't confirm it today until I turned the closed captioning on that the all father keeps calling Featherstone Flufferman. I, I think he's done that like the whole series. I think he's called her Flufferman or something like that instead of her actual <laughs> name. And it's just one of those things that I started to realize that he really doesn't care about her at nope. all. It, you know, he hands the gun to Hoover too for him to shoot her. And that's what makes her mad. She's like, no, no, I've earned being shot, being killed by you. And he's like, no, you've just earned to be killed. And then she escapes while he's on the phone. And uh, so I thought that was interesting. And, uh, yeah, I think everything else we have already talked about. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I find it funny, though, that you bring that up about her. And it's like, I think she comes to this realization that the Father doesn't really give two darns about her. And she's going to side with, the, with Tulip and Jesse at some point if she's able to catch up with them. Do you think or do you think she's going to go out and try to find Humperdew and bring Humperdew in and try to make that her kind of this is my offering of, you know, fixing my mistake kind of thing? Or maybe she's going to go out and get Jesse and bring him back. And I like I almost really I almost kind of think that she's going to do something like that. I, I could I would love it, honestly, for the story. If what you said happens, if she actually does make a turn and find some way to convince our yeah. heroes that, no, no, I'm against them now and I want to help you. Yeah, because she wasn't, you know, she wasn't taken care of. She wasn't cared for from that group. And, they, and she realizes, oh, I don't really 
you know, it's like, oh, you didn't care about me. Well, I'm not going to care about your whole your whole mission right now. Yeah. Oh, here's yeah. Humperdoo. Oh, I got a gun to his head. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, and so, that's another thing I could see. I could see her bringing in Humperdoo or maybe sending a video of her killing Humperdoo. And uh, I, I'm still unclear. I, I'm, I'm going to go back and rewatch that that episode we're introduced to him because I want to see what the actual wording is of what they say yeah. about him because I'm, I'm really kind of confused. So, yeah, that was pretty much our thoughts on this week's episode, uh, episode five of Preacher Season 4. I thought that was pretty cool, though. Yeah. So, um, there's not really much in comic talk this week. There's a lot of skeptical stuff going on about Sony Marvel. There's all this talk about Crisis on Infinite Earths on the CW and all this other good stuff. But I just wanted to bring up something that was pretty cool. And like I said, like I said, this isn't really a comic talk thing, but it's something that I would love to give out and endorse. Uh, I would love to endorse Henry Thomas's book, The Window and the Mirror, book one. It's the actor Henry Thomas, as we know, as Elliot from E.T. and many other films. My favorites would be E.T. as well as Suicide, Suicide Kings. Uh, Psycho 4, and a Netflix series, Haunting of Hill House, which you were a fan of, Steve, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of Suicide Kings also. Yeah. And I got to meet Henry at Monster Mania Convention in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I already put up the picture on Facebook, so you could see that. But he's always a nice person to meet. I, I think he's a really nice guy. I highly recommend the book. The story is based on war, but moves to a fantasy of good and evil, oh. which brings the real world into the fantasy element. And this is a first of his novels, and it's the it's the very first thing he's ever written. So uh, a lot of uh, praise to him for actually doing something other than, you know, the typical I'm an actor, and he's branching out and being creative, and I just wanted to highly recommend that book and hope that he continues with the story. I'm really intrigued by it. And I, I highly recommend it out to you people out there who love to read, but it, I, I definitely would pick it up if you can. It, it could be found on Amazon. Very cool. I will take a look for it because I'm interested. And he does the audio for the audio book as well. So we got a few podcast recommendations. <laughs> I think I didn't update this from last week, but uh, yeah, we just uh, we always want to recommend our next level online uh, network podcasts uh, and uh, just check all of them out. This week we're talking about what lurks beneath Podcast Zero, The Melting Pat. Of course, we have to go back with the uh, Lost Revisited, which is a joint venture between Next Level and Podcastica, and of course the Spotlight with Ben Beck, who is our podcast network manager boss grand poobah he's big the big friend. cheese he's, <laughs> he's the big cheese and uh, a big thanks to to ben uh, this week if you follow him on facebook at all or you follow the next level online network on facebook you'll know that he was sent a advanced copy of the of season 14 of supernatural on blu-ray and He's uh, supposed to be sending that to me. So I'm awesome. a huge Supernatural fan. I'm very excited 
to watch the the last this last season that just finished and can't wait for the new season to start up uh, in October that will be it will be their final season season 15 the longest running show that the WB has at this point in fact they were before they go all the way back to when it was UPN and then CW and now it's WB or the other way around i think it's it was UPN WB and now it's CW yeah, I don't know now. Yeah, they, I can't remember. They go all the way back. Supernatural <laughs> goes all the way back to the very beginning, even before Smallville. Smallville was their first show as the CW or as the WB, and then they change this. But Supernatural goes all the way back to UPN. Yeah, wow. I believe it was that UPN. long. Yeah, fifteen years. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's a it's a great. I I would I highly recommend the show Supernatural, especially it is finishing up its its fifteenth. It'll be starting its fifteenth season here in a month or two. And if you are interested, I know it's all on Netflix at this point. I believe even season fourteen is now available uh, on Netflix. It's a lot. It sounds daunting to catch up on it, but it's it's. A, I highly recommend that series if you like the supernatural kind of stuff, and if you were a fan of the X Files. A lot of the directors and producers and writers that worked on the X Files also work on Supernatural. A lot of the actors that were on the X Files are on Supernatural as well. Awesome. And you had another, which would be what? Pickle Me This? The Pickle Me This, the Rick and Morty podcast that's on Ball Move and Starburns Audio. I send them, I've sent them in a couple pieces of feedback, but as if you're, if you're listening to that, that podcast, you'll know that they revealed. On two podcasts ago, or this last most recent, Pickle Me This, that they have recorded all of these, they have, they have pre-recorded all of these, and they won't be getting to live show, live unre- un-pre-recorded episodes until maybe season three or season four, when season four starts. So oh. I don't know when my feedback will be heard on that show, but it uh, should be coming up pretty soon, I think, if, they're, if they haven't done season three yet. So Awesome. Good suggestions. And I would always say, please give us a review and rating if possible on Apple Podcasts. You can hear us on Google Play as well as Spotify. Check out our new website, panelstopixelspodcast.com. And if you want to submit your theories and feedback, it's the best way to do it is to go to our Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash panels to pixels. We love to hear from you. We get We constantly are getting new views, which I'm excited about. But uh, we haven't got a lot of feedback, especially here for Preacher. So if you're if you're a fan of Preacher, if you've been watching it, if you just want to say something uh, about the current episodes or past episodes, please send us something in. You can also send us an email, which would include a voicemail if you wanted to send it that way, to panels2pixels1 at gmail.com. That's panels2pixels1. The two is spelled out, T-O, and the number one at gmail.com. And there are other ways to listen to us. I am a co-host on The Walking Dead Talk Through with Brian Malosh on Talk Through Media. Yes, everyone, Brian, Kyle, Ruthie, and I have created a new podcast network. So it's in full swing. This show will stay on the Next Level Podcast Network. But there will be a link for Talk Through Media for others to listen to as well. Uh, I usually do that in the Facebook page. So when a new episode comes out, I try to link it. So listen to us at TalkThroughMedia.com. It can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, a whole bunch of others. I'm pretty sure you can find us in other podcast hosts as you 
go searching. So keep in touch here or go to the talkthroughmedia.com website and just leave us some feedback if you do follow Walking Dead or Fear the Walking Dead or in the future when the Picard cast comes out, you could go there and watch and send in feedback there to Brian. Very cool. And you can hear me uh, right here, of course, every week, Panels to Pixels. We'll be finishing up Preacher Season 4. Next week will be Preacher Season 4, Episode 6. I don't think we have an episode title yet, but as soon as we do, we will put out a post on our Facebook page for you to post us some feedback to it. Yes, definitely. So those Facebook posts usually arrive around Saturday, just before the Sunday when the episode is released. So it would be put in as a watching thread. So if you want to leave some sort of feedback, your thoughts on the episode, or if you want us to read that feedback, just post it on there. It'll probably have a picture and the title of the episode and what's going on. And then, you know, just post it and we'll read it if you have anything to say. You can tell us we're terrible, you like (laughs) us, or, you know, if you like that the sky is blue, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) tell us anything good or bad we just want to hear from you exactly (laughs) we're needy wait no (laughs) leave that in (laughs) i will uh so well for those who are listening thank you for listening tonight i'm mark and i'm steve and this was panels to pixels everybody good night good night good night